The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Welcome to the Mind Your Own Podcast with Aaron Sorensen and Sasha Durkin. Where we stick to sports, except when we're not. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Mind Your Own Podcast. I'm Aaron. I'm Sasha. And the 2020 college football season has finally ended. We are on the other side of whatever that was. Yeah. Like, I don't... I don't have word, like adjectives to describe everything well, that happened leading no. up to during and now after. <laughs> but, you know, congratulations to the Alabama Crimson Tide. They are your 2020 national champions. It feels probably about right. They were the early favorite uh, heading into this dumpster fire of a season, and they definitely did not disappoint in the end. Yeah. They, they showed that once again, Alabama is just on a level that none of us really can understand because I want to just put this into context for, for the sake of understanding what just happened. So Ohio state who, who had a great performance against Clemson to get to the title yeah. game. Ooh, uh, Google is giving fireworks uh, for the, <laughs> when I Googled it. So anyway, the two, the two go up against each other. Alabama ultimately ends up winning 52 to 24. I mean, the score makes it seem closer to a degree than it was, mm-hmm. but it really wasn't. It was for a little while, and then it just Alabama blew the gates open, and that was yeah. about it. Uh, what Alabama showed is they didn't even need their Heisman winner in the game at some points to uh, continue just being completely dominant. Uh, the reality is Ohio state is so far ahead of most programs in the big 10 and Alabama just, just drug them all over the place. So whatever the hell they wanted, I I need you to understand what that really means about the rest of college football. This Uh Alabama team was as good as it was advertised. Um, I already saw people and have, have talked with others about, you know, is this Alabama team the best that's ever been? And if you're a Nebraska fan, you immediately get defensive because how dare anyone suggest that 1995 Nebraska is not the greatest team to ever exist. But I'm just going to tell you, uh, different, different decades, um, this game is a different – the game is different than it was then. This Alabama team is outstanding. So, aside from anything else, I don't really care to make comparisons. Alabama, congratulations. Yeah. You deserve that win. I'm sorry that you have an asterisk by it, but I don't know if you necessarily deserve it in a way. Because, yeah. I mean, to go 13-0, and you, you really can't fault Alabama for anything that they faced. Yeah. Um, I will say by the conclusion of it, and I'll be perfectly honest, I had fun tweeting during the game because, you know, if I'm going to have football, I'm, I'm going to enjoy what has been, been given to me, but I have not been for anyone who's a, a regular listener of this podcast, you know, we have talked about this. I have been very vocal about my sort of just like state of mind about this football season. I, I don't. I have felt complicit in ways that like it's hard to put it into words. 
I've said from the get-go, I'm, I'm, I want a season as long as it's safe for the players, as long as we can ensure that it's safe for everyone. Yes. The thing is, is we really don't know really what was or was not. We probably won't for some time. And I'm also keenly aware that my job and livelihood depend on sports. So for as much as I sat here and told you, like, I feel a little weird about this. Obviously, I'm still showing up and doing my job because it is my job. So I I will say Brian Floyd, he is um, a member of the Banner Society. Uh, he's a great follow on Twitter. He tweeted last night. I don't know if he can look back on this in 10 years and say any of this was remotely worth it. And that's sort of where I am. 10 yeah. years from now, was this season sincerely worth it? I have no idea. It probably depends on who you ask. And I think that it depends on on like a few things, like any other fallout. Like how many teams actually played all of their games that they were supposed to play in an mm-hmm. already shortened season? And how many faced? I mean, here's the reality. And how many people got sick? Yes. And that's the thing is like, I understand like the, the things that concerned the Big Ten initially when the Big Ten and the Pac-12 uh, suspended their seasons. I understand we don't fully like they, they've obviously understand. So that heart condition that originally was the primary concern, which has not gone away. It's just they're starting to understand it more. Um, but the reality is, is we do not fully understand this virus. We do not know what we're going to be looking at long. We don't know what the long-term effects of this virus are on individuals. So as much as we'd like to say, and I saw a lot of it like, yay, congratulations, everyone. I want to just, I want to preface something here. I do want to say thank you. I want to say thank you to everyone who made this college football season happen but I want to add a caveat to what I'm thinking, thanking these people for. I want to thank every single player, coach, SID, facility support staff, uh, media member who showed up and like, and I'm, this list goes on and on. I want to be clear. I'm missing about a, a bajillion people, but for every single person who showed up and made this possible. So, so many of us could just simply be entertained Thank you for doing something that seems absolutely insane when I put it like that. Yeah. But seriously. that's the reality. I mean, I just, I, 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 again, I am keenly aware that my job is completely based on whether or not there are sports. So I, it is this, it is this constant struggle of what's, what's just because you can do something. Should you do something? I, I have, I have personally battled with this yeah. for months and I, I am not some martyr. So I'm not trying to stay like, Ooh, look at me. I know something like I, th- that's not what I'm doing. I'm just saying we don't fully understand the long-term effects of what this virus may do to the human body. And I just hope that we don't look back 10 years from now and go, well, yep, that was definitely not worth it for X, Y, Z. Like I, I hope we look back and go, yeah, that was probably stupid. We probably didn't need to do that, but like, at least it didn't ultimately, um, at least it didn't completely destroy everything as we know it, um, or completely harm people or like just, I, it's just so hard because we just don't know. And so Brian Floyd, he continued and said, that's the thing that's been in my head this whole time. We are faced with some dumb, impossible choices, but it seems like future us is going to call us morons for some easy ones. Is this about sports or just about America in general? Who's to say? That one got me because <laughs> I was like, he really could have been talking about anything. Yeah. 
anything. I mean, hindsight is always twenty twenty. We look back on things. Is it though? Will it not be twenty twenty anymore since twenty twenty was awful? Right. Will it be hindsight? Hindsight is, is not something. Something else. It's something else. Things <laughs> things always become clearer in the future. At least we hope that they do. I just the thing that the thing that was like really hard, and this is where this is where I struggled with just kind of what to do with this is this image that came out last night after Alabama won the national title fans flooded Tuscaloosa after it's so by the way 18th national title that's insane right (laughs) Alabama you are insane but fans flooded the streets of Tuscaloosa and I remember when I first saw the tweet last night before I went to bed I just initially saw the words and was like oh boy how bad could this be the streets were packed. It looked, it looked, I, I mean, I'm, I'm horrified. Um, yeah. But, but it's not even so much the fact that, pe- like, I get it. People are outside, but like there are very few masks that you see. People are very close to each other. Like, here's the thing is like, if you're outside, you still need to have some space. It's not a matter of you can't come um, be around one another in an outdoor situation. But this was like, like a ce- a celebration after anything and not 2020 or not in a pandemic. Yes, this was like there were p- this unfortunately and I I saw some people making jokes about this where they were like, you know, the the sad part is is we aren't even going to fully understand what comes from this because by the time they can contact trace this whole thing people have moved on to the next worst thing. So I like I, I saw people in the responses who were like, well, this just ruined my otherwise good night. Mm. This is the reality of where we're at right now is that this could have been like, this is not important. I can go on a tangent about this. And I almost did completely separately (laughs) last over the last week with other things that have nothing to do with Alabama winning the national title Mm. game. But I'm really tired of the what about ism. Like I'm really tired of what about, I'm really tired of people trying to make, because I did see some people who immediately were like, well, what about protests? What about this? And it's like, okay, first and foremost, I don't think large gatherings of people very close to each other without masks is okay. No matter what the situation Mm is. Um, I can only speak for myself, but like when I covered, a protest this past summer, I was very, very happy to report and see that everyone I came into contact with was doing their best to, to stay yes. apart. Uh, we're wearing masks even outside. I felt honestly in the situation pretty comfortable because I was like, okay, everyone seems to be doing their best. Now, were there people who weren't? Of course. Right. You're always going to find people who are just going to do their own thing. But this was, it, I'm just still watching it. It is I know, I can't so stop. uncomfortable because this is unfortunately when we look at what 2020 was with sports and we're still going to be clear. We're still going sports are like have not stopped. Um, there's this weird disconnect between the reality of what is actually happening in the world with this pandemic and the, the want to just have things be normal and to be yeah. fans and to celebrate and to have these, like, I get it. Celebrating in your house by yourself is probably not as fun as doing this. Yeah. But the reality is, is this is probably going to now put more people in the hospital. This is going to overwhelm some health systems who don't We're already overwhelmed. Right. And that's, that's the part where, did 
did having a football season and pretending things were normal, did it potentially create this type of environment where it's okay to think, well, we just want, like, yeah. this is what I'm talking about when I say I feel like I'm, I'm, I, I struggle with and I battle with my own, how, my own place in all of this because I, I said this in an episode earlier this fall is like, you know, how dare I, you know, tell you to care about this stuff. And then on the same breath, like hospitals are being overwhelmed or players are getting mm-hmm. COVID and we don't fully understand. I mean, shit, Nick Saban had COVID. And I remember when he, when he got COVID, people started, they were very concerned because he is not of a, he is of an age where that is very concerning for right. him to, this isn't no, like when we, when people like to do that whole, again, it's the, what about, well, what about like youth? They don't seem to get as affected by it that we know of, right. but Nick Saban gets it. And suddenly it's like, oh, well, he'll be okay. He'll be all right. It'll be fine. And it's just like, uh, like this, this was sort of the culmination, I think, to see this video of all of these people who I'm not in any way implying that every single pick person in this picture is some evil person. I think this right. was sincerely people who thought in I wanted- In the moment, excitement. And, you know, in some people's mind who showed up there, they might've thought I'm outside. Right. Like- I, I don't want to imply that like every single person in this video is some terrible human being, but like this was a very poor choice. The fact of the matter is there is still a pandemic. There's it doesn't still matter a pandemic. if there are vaccinations rolling out. Not everyone is vaccinated yet. You still First made a bad choice here. Yes. <laughs> you yes. still, you still made a bad choice. Like if you were in this crowd, that was not the, that was not it. Like this is, this is not it. Not like we did not wake up in 2021 was suddenly different. Everything we, was we fine. We said that yeah. last week. In fact, 2021 has shown us it, we are in for one hell of a ride. Like, yeah, it it just again. I I was very very disappointed to see this. I hope that there are not lives lost because of this. Which, if you're listening to this and you go, "Oh, Aaron, you're being dramatic," I'm serious. That meant that amount of people, like, it's, it's, not, I'm not going to, like, just, like, sugarcoat shit anymore, people. Like, it is time to stop, one, doing that. We've been doing this for, it's almost March. So we have been doing this for almost exactly one year. People are going to die because those people went and were that close to each other. We, that's, the, that's the reality of where, what world we live in right now. I've had this conversation so many times with people, and I, I really sincerely, like, I, I will stop at some point, but I don't know when. We all want the same thing. We all yes. want to be back to normal. We all want to be able to go down to the, yes. the the main street in Tuscaloosa and party it up and celebrate. Like, you you have no idea how badly, like, I just want to stand in a crowded tunnel in Memorial Stadium and, yeah. and be inconvenienced by people making me climb over a, like, little wall so I can get back inside to do my job. Like, you have no idea how badly I yeah. want that. I want to see and hug my friends again. Yes. Like I, <laughs> like, that's, that's, here's Sasha's like actually saying like something more. I'm like, I just want to be inconvenienced. <laughs> um, we all want the same thing. We want our, we want our lives back. We want a normal, we want normal. We want sports to feel normal. We want fans in the stands. We want to be able to celebrate and hug and love on our friends and our family members. The goal is the same. The, the route in which we get to that goal is where we disagree. And I've said it before. I don't know why this became political because it doesn't feel political to me. It Mm -hmm. really just does not. It does not, you know, 
there are a lot of things in this world that are political. Sports are political, whether we want to like believe it or not, like they are, but this just has never felt political to me. And somewhere along the way, because of, um, the way information was shared, it became that, um, some people who are listening to this are like audibly groaning because they know what I'm saying. They want me to say it. Maybe I will. Um, I hope you can hear like the lack of like my ability to form words with this at this point, because I've had people who ask me, what do you think the 2021 football season is going to look like? And honestly, I have no idea because we can't get our damn asses out of the street of Tuscaloosa and celebrating. Like I have no idea. Like I just have no idea. Like I would love to say like 2021 brings, it, honestly, at this point, it's going to be entirely dependent on a vaccine and enough people agreeing to get that damn vaccine. Yeah. Like if you if you want things to look somewhat normal just concerning your sports in 2021, get the hell out of your own way. Yeah. I mean, seriously, I stand by it. Like I said, we said this last week. Let's stand by this. Honestly, if they required you to have that COVID vaccine to get in to watch a football game, I'm sure those numbers would increase. Yeah. It's just the reality is, is we want the same things. And I feel that way on so many issues. I'm not even just talking in this. There are so many issues in this world where I think the end goal is typically the same. Not for all people, but for most people. We're all like, we want to get to this point. And generally the road to get there, especially in this circumstance, what we're talking about right now, is the same. There isn't a different way to do it. No, a different way to do it. There's one way to do this. A different way is just (laughs) stopping the reality of what we need to do to get to the point of which we want to be. Right. I the road traveled to normalcy or whatever normal is after all this is the same one. Mm-hmm. There isn't a different path to get there. It just like there are guidelines in place for a reason. And like, I feel like I'm too nice about this. Like you are, are more vocal about things than I am, which I admire. And I wish that I felt more well, comfortable doing that, but I'm going to do it right now. Wear your goddamn mask. Stay home and out of crowded areas. Mm-hmm. Stay six feet apart and wash your fucking hands. Mm-hmm. Like, come on. It's not hard. It is not inconvenient because you should be doing most of this stuff anyway. It's funny that you've said that I'm vocal about things because I think I'm like strategically vocal because I think sometimes people think something about me and then I come out of like left field and they're like, whoa, 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 whoa. (laughs) You were always talking about sports. Where did the (laughs) politics come from? I'm like, you must be new here. You son of a gun, because none of this is shocking. I've been up to this bullshit on Twitter for nearly 13 years. (laughs) Welcome to the party. Um, here's the funny thing is, uh, so (laughs) This is not like there's an entire. So I want to get to this other part of it, but this does kind of like when we talk about um, speaking up on things like we quite literally had an insurrection in our country. Uh, When you were listening to this, by the time this podcast was dropped just one week prior. In fact, I remember when this podcast or or the Wednesday podcast dropped and then, you know, Mm -hmm. I turned on the news and was like, oh, shit. Oh shit. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, like suddenly everything we talked about on that podcast, we'd like talked about being good to people. And I was like, Oh, (laughs) amazing. Love how conveniently like that just apparently doesn't exist now. Um, I like, so, so I just Twitter, Twitter just came out yesterday and said they had to delete about 70,000 accounts, which has led a lot of people to believe that, um, they're being censored Mm -hmm. on the internet. You're Mm -hmm. not being censored on the internet. I promise you. Sorry. 
you're not. It's not how it works. It's it's not. <laughs> um, they're a private public company. Like they're public, publicly traded, but still a private company. They can do whatever the hell they want. Yeah. They're not government run. The government. I think sometime we need to have a conversation about what free speech is because yep. free speech basically. Your freedom of speech is not freedom of, um, is not freedom from reaction or from people like people can still, okay. So there's this really good, um, and so to be clear, like even in us talk, talking right now, a bunch of you could be like, we're, I'm going to cancel you. Cause I don't agree. Like you could do that. Like, cause that's what Fine. free speech is. Like, I guess you could come at me, but I saw this one where it's like the public service announcement announcement, the right to free speech means the government can't arrest you for what you say, but it doesn't mean that anyone else has to listen to your bullshit or host your bullshit while you share it. The first amendment doesn't shield you from criticism or consequences. If you're yelled at, boycotted, have your show canceled or get banned from an internet community, your free speech rights are not being violated. It just is saying that the people listening think you're an asshole and that they're showing you the door. We've had that conversation where if you're in a room and you think everyone else is the asshole, it might actually be you. I don't, the thing is, is I kind of also feel like I'm saying this to an echo chamber because I want to be clear. So many of you have emailed us or reached out and you're always like, yeah, I maybe don't fully agree with you, but like we're, you know, I at least understand where you're coming from. And I really appreciate that because I feel like we have cultivated a really fun community until you share this with your friend who gets mad. I was actually (laughs) going, I was thinking about this on the way here today. I did not know before I got here what we were going to talk about. I knew what after I got here, but on my way here, I was thinking how, what is our challenge this week? My challenge this week is to share this specific podcast with someone who would get mad. Oh, no. Because oh. I think that it's, yeah, important, no, it's important to it's important. hear someone who isn't going to BS them. When you are close to somebody, it's harder to bring this stuff up. Mm-hmm. It really is. I don't care who I'm talking to right now. I think that you should just listen and then maybe we can have a conversation with that person later. But what I'm saying is maybe instead of you having to feel like you have to say that, go ahead and share our podcast with that person. Yeah. I, you know, the thing I like about the thing I like about this community, and I do want to say thank you for this, is you have created a really like you have created a, a space where I feel like things that previously in the past I would have been I, I wouldn't say afraid. I like I said, like I've been on I've I've been on my bullshit for quite some time. <laughs> um but you have created a space where I feel more comfortable and yeah. open with speaking. And here's the thing, what's nice about sharing. So like if I'm going to use an example. So um, there was a thread on on my Facebook of a personal. So somebody that I know um, posted something about being censored on mm-hmm. Facebook the other day. And a group of people, some came forward and were like, yeah, I agree with you. We're being censored. And then other people came forward and was like, actually, this doesn't sound like censorship. It sounds like you actually have something. There's an issue with your Facebook account. Like, let's work through this. Mm -hmm. And as somebody who works in social media, I was one of those people. I'm like, this doesn't feel like what you think it is. Like, I think, I think something like, let's work through the problem. And sure enough, it was something that was a total mistake, um, easily figured out and solved. And then of course the person was like, well, dang, I like, I probably reacted before I I should have taken a breath. And it's Mm -hmm. like, and my reaction was, I understand. I'm not mad at you. I understand that you there you were your tensions were high. Yeah. You got upset. You posted it, but let's let's problem solve instead of just getting angry. Yes. But somebody in the comments reached out and said, 
if you'd like a really good podcast to listen to about a lot of these topics on how social media works and everything, they recommended the show Reply All, Mm -hmm. which I really like Reply All. So I commented and was like, 100%, really, really. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know any of the like politics of the Reply All team. I'm going to go out on a limb and assume that they lean a little bit further left than mm-hmm. they do right. I'm just guessing. That's just from listening to sh- the show. So I understand to make that recommendation to somebody who's probably more, you know, on the conservative side of things, they may listen to that and be like, yeah, I don't really love everything here. But for me, Reply All is just an informative show. I don't right. I don't think that they're trying to push any agendas. It doesn't right. feel like that to me. So I loved that that person came along and said, this would be a really great podcast to listen to. I think you'd just enjoy for insights. it. Yeah. Just to hear. And so, yeah, with our show, if there is somebody, like, don't send it to them if you think they're going to just, like, come, like, yell at us for the sake of it. But send <laughs> right. it to somebody that you sincerely feel like, I want to give them a new show, a new. The thing I've really. perspective. Yes, because that's actually something you have all said to me that, like, has made me so warm and fuzzy is that you appreciate that you feel like our show is different in this space. And I'm glad that it is Um, because I do think that we need more shows that are disruptive to a degree. And I I've started to see more, I've seen more young women um, as they're getting into journalism, start their own podcast. So that way they can um, just share their thoughts, their perspectives, that stuff matters. So I'm so glad, but here's the thing. I can't be the only one listening to their podcast because I'm already on their side. I'm like, yeah, I agree. I need you to also listen to it. Like Mm -hmm. I need you to go seek those podcasts out that you don't always necessarily agree with um, because it does help broaden your horizons. Now, I'm not asking you to go listen to something that's misogynistic or something that is like so far from your like, that's not it. Like, I think sometimes we go a little too far where they're like, well, you need to understand there, there's some lines. Yeah. There's some lines. Um, but yeah, I love that suggestion. Share this with somebody that you think would benefit from hearing a different perspective or you think might actually enjoy it if they spend a little time, because I am never here. And I know Sasha is not, we're never here to come at you and be like, your thoughts are wrong. You're bad. But like, I'm not also going to bullshit you. Right. Like what happened, what happened one week ago was domestic terrorism. That was an insurrection. That was an absolute attack on our democracy. And there were, there are a lot, you know what? And I made a joke about Donald Trump being banned from Twitter. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to tell you something that probably contributed to some of the followers I lost. Guys, I don't care. Yeah. Because he has been inciting so much stuff that like if I went and did that on Twitter, like I would get in trouble too. Like you're just because you're in a point of power doesn't give you the authority and the ability to do stuff like that. It just, I don't want to get into the politics side of this, but like, I don't have an issue being honest and like, I don't have an issue telling you what I think especially because politics are inherently ingrained with sports because y'all, I saw so many people last week who were like, and people were upset when Colin Kaepernick kneeled. Yeah. I mean, how many people wanted to make that so political? I mean, it's just, so here's the thing. This, this podcast is, and will always be honest. There are things that might make you uncomfortable, but here's, here's something else that I saw somebody point out. Are we doing people a disservice 
if we try to create spaces that are just constantly comfortable. Yes. Yeah, I think we are. Like, you, There's I, no room for growth there. We no. stay the, exactly the same. Like, I've been thinking this, but you said it. Like, this is America. This, this is isn't, America. This isn't. It's a good song by Donald Glover. If it really it. is. And honestly, that video is pretty damn on point. Mm-hmm. It's like, seek it out. If you want to feel uncomfortable, go it's, watch it. So if, so if you're, um, ta- really quick, if you're wondering, it's This Is America. It's by Childish Gambino. His, his, um. His name is Donald Glover, which is why I said Donald Glover. (laughs) But if you go search for it, you'll find it either way. But I saw a lot of people, it wasn't just politicians, but people saying, this is an America. How many times do we have to say this is an America before we just accept the fact that this is how America is right now? Well, shit, Joe Biden said this is an America. And it is, though. It is. So here's (laughs) here's the thing. Like, our elected officials, no matter if you voted for them or not— they are in office to serve us. Yeah. They are in office to listen to us. So I'm going to tell you right now, when Joe Biden said, this isn't America, I had two thoughts. One, speechwriters have to eliminate that from their, their yeah. talking points. Agreed. Like speechwriters have to just th- be done. Get rid of that. Stop saying it because it's not true. It's just a nice filler thing that you throw into a speech. But with that said, politicians like President-elect Joe Biden also have to stop saying it because mm-hmm. when he says it, it's implying that this isn't who we are and it makes it feel like, well, then how do you fix it? Right. You know how you fix it? You admit that this is who we are, but we don't have to be this way. Right. So look, you want to come at me and say like, oh, you're just critical of this guy. No, I, I'm critical of po- elected officials at all time because we shouldn't, we really should not idolize any elected By downplaying official. it and saying this isn't America, that's downplaying the situation. Right. Any and situation in which something arises. Granted, an insurrection is a pretty damn big deal. And if you don't think that it is, please, um, please, I encourage you to do some research and look into why it is a big deal if you don't feel like it is. It's a huge deal. <laughs> There's a reason that the FBI is involved. Like yes. this is not like the reason that the FBI is showing up at people's houses and arresting people and asking for the public's health is be or help, health, help is because it is a big deal. And like I said, I saw people who were making comparisons who were like, hey, we were upset with Colin Kaepernick for kneeling and mm-hmm. You know, when you look back at a moment like that, what Colin Kaepernick was doing was about as dang peaceful as you could get. Right. And so if nothing else, if you're somebody who was critical of him, what was that, like five years ago now? It was. It seems like forever I think it was ago, like, but yeah. I think it was about five, five if, or six. Yeah, if you were somebody who at the time was critical and maybe, and maybe you're like still kind of unsure of what you think, have some time to reflect on that because mm-hmm. – that he didn't harm anyone. Right. He didn't harm anyone in that. Um, I think sometimes we have a misunderstanding of what peaceful actually is. Yeah. And, you know, words matter. And in fact, I appreciate those of you who called me out for the record. And I know some of you are listeners. So when you listen to this, I just want to say thank you directly. I joked, which it wasn't, honestly, I'm going to tell you right now, it wasn't a good joke. It was a bad joke. But I made the joke when this all started happening last Wednesday that, the, the dictionary should put shit show in the dictionary. And at the time, like, I'm like, oh, I'm so funny. Um, very quickly, it was like, you know what? This isn't actually funny. Um, so good on me, I guess, for making a joke, like very, like, awesome. 
some of you called me out and were like, yeah, no, this isn't a shit show. This is terrorism. And then some of you were like, no, it's not even just terrorism. It's treason. Oh, it's not even that. It's insurrection. And you know what? Like, thank you. Thank you for holding me accountable. Thank you for calling me out. Thank you for holding me to a standard of you don't get to go make a bad joke because it's easy for you in your safe space to make this joke because that's not what it is. And so I did follow up, but I didn't delete my original tweet for the record. I just followed it up and said, you know what? No, you're right. This is terrorism because words matter. And I don't get to go around and tell you that words matter for me than not to appreciate the Mm -hmm. same thing. So I want to be clear I messed up in that moment. I'm going to mess up in a lot of moments, but this is where we talk about growth is yep. when, when some of you started pointing out to me that this was more than that, you were not attacking me. You were not bullying me. Right. You were not doing any of that. You were just telling me the reality and holding me accountable. And for that, I appreciate it. And so that, thank you. Because that's how we change is when people hold us accountable. Yes. And so I, I feel like that, especially with how things are just in life in general anymore, we live our lives on social media. Um, I feel like at a given moment, our personalities can change depending on what, what platform we are on. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But I do think that holding each other accountable is super important given um, the timeline for what probably the last 10 years. Um, I think that it is important to, I know that we say this a lot, but I, I do, I firmly believe it. That's why I keep repeating it. Like being open to having conversations that make you uncomfortable is the only way that we move forward from some of the bad shit. Mm -hmm. Now, and I have to just say this one last time, because I think it's really important too. There is a difference between having conversations that make you uncomfortable and having conversations where people put you in a bad situation. Yeah. Like you don't have to listen to a conspiracy theory to listen right. to like, th- there, there are, there are lines. Like yeah. you have to be able to also protect yourself because yes. we need you to keep being, we, we want you to stay open. Yeah. But I, you know, this is, this is where I'm at. It's really easy it's really easy to make fun of people who you feel like are misunderstood and it's really easy to go after people. Now there, there are some people who are just, they, they deserve all of the shit that's thrown at them, but some people are honestly just don't, they, they deserve the at least opportunity to have that conversation and not to feel like you're going to come at them from a point of view that is um, just going to attack them and make fun of them for whatever. Like, like I said, that conversation I had on Facebook the other day, now I want to say I'm not perfect in this stuff because I have messed up many of times. Mm-hmm. But in that moment, I realized this this is somebody who just simply doesn't understand what's going on and is is freaking out, but right. has now kind of unfortunately blamed a conspiracy theory. So what I did is I messaged them directly and just said, hey, I, if you're open, let's talk through this. Honestly, and I think that that's the best way to go about it. Like, I get... <laughs> Uh, we have totally like kind of gone off the road. It's fine. I knew this was going to we happen, gonna go. but don't worry. But it's the an next important piece conversation. Is poli- pol- politics as well, because the NCAA is always meddling in everything. <laughs> but I do think that like stuff like that, instead of just calling people out, we don't have to call people out all the time. If you really want to have a conversation, reach out to that person mm-hmm. directly and be like, Hey man, um, I just want, kind of wanted to talk through some of this stuff because you know, this isn't exactly a hundred percent correct. Mm-hmm. And here's how and why. 
Like, I feel like if somebody came at me, and I've had that happen before. I've had that happen When somebody before. comes at me and is like, I hate to say it as an adult about it, but in a mature way mm-hmm. and opens it up like a conversation, I'm much more willing and likely to listen to what they have to say and why I might be wrong. Yeah. And here's the thing. If you're listening to this and you didn't leave after I said um, <laughs> either Donald Trump or Joe Biden's name, um, because I feel like that's always like the trigger point where people hear those hear names and they're like, I'm out. So if you're still here, um, if you want to have a conversation, it doesn't matter. It can be about anything. You can agree with us, disagree with us. It's fine. We are always available at Mind Your Own Podcast at HaleVarsity.com. Again, Mind Your Own Podcast at HaleVarsity.com. I'm totally open. Like, I go back to our friend Bob because he said it the best where he's like, I don't always agree with everything that you say, but at least it opens the conversation to me to like hear you out. That's really all I'm, Mm -hmm. that's all I want because I would be remiss to think that we're all always going to agree because here's the fun thing. And I have brought this up on a previous podcast. So if you're new here, go listen to all of our previous podcasts. Yes, please. I was a political science minor in college. I really thought at one point I wanted to work in politics. I thought I wanted to work in the White House. I couldn't tell you exactly what, but I just thought that was what I wanted to do. Um, you know, what's kind of like was cool about that for me is I really grew to appreciate differing viewpoints, mm-hmm. but also through it, I learned the difference between differing viewpoints and also things like gaslighting and yeah. also things where it's no longer a differing, like what is a differing viewpoint? So like a differing viewpoint is me saying, um, I really prefer diet Coke and you saying, but I really prefer diet Pepsi. And now you and I are like, yeah, I, I don't like diet Pepsi, but like we can agree to disagree here. Right. Um, a lot of, a lot of the, the things I studied in school with like way politics work, that's at least how it always had worked. Unfortunately, Um, and this was far before just the, like, this has been building for some time. It's gotten significantly worse in the last five years, but, um, and I say five years because I think it has grown. I think that it really catapulted about five years ago. It was already in a bad place and leading up to this really bad place, but it got really, really bad. But this is, this is the hard part about the internet is everything is accessible to us and we can find people who back our viewpoints up and we can find people who can, who will share conspiracy theories like QAnon is a real serious thing. Mm. Um, I, I mean, these, these are the things, but as somebody who sincerely and in the depths of my core, it's still there. I still oddly enough, love politics. I don't love what politics are today, but I hope at some point we can get back to a place because I would like to be back at a place where you and I can sit down and disagree about, uh, government involvement in the, like, the government's involvement in your business. Like I would love to have that conversation because like that's where we can have those agree to disagree moments. Like we are so far from that right now. And that's where I'm like, what I felt like I studied with political science is not where we're at right now. And you know how we got here. So if you're someone like, how did we get here from the national championship game? I think when we look at what has happened with the response to COVID-19 and you know, this football season, I don't know when I look back on it what I'll think of it, but I think I'll always sort of remember the fact that there was a lot of divisiveness, mm-hmm. but there was also a lot of people who didn't believe a pandemic was real. Yep. And part of that belief that the, this pandemic wasn't real was what allowed this to happen. Mm-hmm. And so I just hope that, like, for the record, this will be studied. 
all of this is going to be studied we in are, history books. We're always living in history, but this is a historical moment. This last year has been a historical moment. This is going to be an entire chapter yeah. in somebody's history book one day. Yeah. And so I think about like when this little piece on the NCAA and the the like football playing through a pandemic or all sports playing through a pandemic, I always kind of wonder what that's going to look like. Yeah. And unfortunately images like the one of everybody crowding the streets in Tuscaloosa are probably going to be a big part of it. Or you're going to see the images on zoom of coaches, um, not able to meet with people in person because that's just the reality of this world right now. And you know, I, I, I look forward to the day when, you know, my kids, if I'm fortunate enough to have them ask me about 2020, because I will be honest, I hope by that point I have um, my own feel. I hope I have a better feeling and grasp about everything because right now you just heard it all. Like it spirals into things that have nothing to do with sports. Yeah. And that's why, honestly, (laughs) I know that we've mentioned this a few times, but um, sports and politics are, like, stick to sports is dead. It is. And because of this, like, this, like, I'm really glad that everybody sticks around because we <laughs> we end up, you know, we always come full circle. But this is how intertwined they are because I you can't talk about one without the other. Right. And so if you want to talk about another thing where politics is severely influencing sports, and this is how we said we always come full circle. Mm-hmm. We just take a little detour for a minute. Um, but in the middle of all of this happening, so you have the – you have the – you have an insurrection. You have um, people calling for the 25th Amendment. You have uh, the House of Representatives now moving forward with terms of impeachment. Um, and in the middle of all of this, and you have the national championship game. In the middle of all of this, the NCAA. I'm going to actually just read this thread exactly as it is. So if you if you want to go read this thread for yourself, it comes from a woman named Alicia She's at Ruling Sports on um, Twitter. She is a associate professor, sports writer for The Athletic, contributes to the Washington Post. She, she does a lot of like the business side and the legal side of sports. Yeah. So she tweeted, the NCAA finishes, finishes its college football season tonight. Players traveled and competed amid a global pandemic. The NCAA said it would consider enacting NIL legislation which is name, image, likeness, legislation, following the state's leads. Today, as it wraps up one of its most lucrative events, it punted on voting on the issue. Today's NCAA announcement on postponing its vote on NIL rights for NCAA athletes is the latest step in a long string string of inaction by the NCAA in increasing rights for college athletes. The NCAA likely knew it would petition for um, words that I can't search or – I'm not even going to try. Just go find the tweet. but anyway, she says to make my, she uses words that are like smart people words that like I can't pronounce. Um, her and her and Taylor Swift write words that I'm like, let me go grab my dictionary and like figure out how this word is pronounced. To make my sentiment abundantly clear, it is asinine that the NCAA found a way for Division One FBS football players to play amid a global pandemic, but during the course of more than a year, couldn't use its brain power to enact name image and likeness legislation 
I am so annoyed at this because some of you have asked, by the way, to talk about NIL. And I'm like, I'm going to talk about it in 2021 because I figured we'd get this vote and then we'd have the ability to start talking about it because with this vote, like things would go into place, like for the 2021, like basically fall season and beyond. Um, So over the weekend, um, Mark Emmert, the NCAA president, Mark Emmert, sent a letter to the Justice Department, uh, the Justice Department's antitrust division, um, and this is what started this whole thing. Basically, this whole thing is delayed because the DOJ expressed concerns about the direction on the one-time transfer rule and the athlete's use of names, image, and likeness. Um, Emmert had strongly recommended to delay the votes. I'm trying to give you like the like Reader's Digest and unfortunately it's very hard to do this because there's just a lot here. Mm -hmm. Um, But it seems like from what people are saying that this had been actually like being, this had started, this was getting discussed long prior to this weekend. This is not new. Um, But yeah, the whole thing with the good old DOJ is they were critical of the NCAA's view on antitrust compliance. Um, if it was going to break antitrust laws. Um, and so ultimately they punted on the vote. Uh, they did not set new target dates for actions on the proposal. Um, they, we don't know how quickly they can meet with the justice department officials and gain that clarity that they need um, to be able to move this, especially now we're transitioning from one administration to another administration. That's going to certainly make things a little bit more uh, complicated in this. Um, Yeah. The only pressure at this point, I'm just kind of skimming this. This is from USA Today is that Florida's law that they put into will go into effect July 1st to allow schools in that state to have their student athletes benefit uh, from their name, image and likeness. So they do have a little bit of some. You got to get moving. Yeah. Um, But yeah, that's that's kind of where we're at is so. Somehow we were able to play a full football season being whatever it was somehow they were able to make a football season happen so that Alabama could win the national title and yet we just spent what the last year year and a half unable to figure out NIL legislation it just couldn't happen it took until the weekend before the vote to have any kind of concerns addressed you couldn't send that letter six months ago you sent that letter over the weekend you had concerns over the weekend and now the Department of Justice is like, yeah, this doesn't seem great. So now you have to punt this vote. What yeah. were you doing for the last year, year and a half? And do, spare me with trying to figure out how to play through a pandemic because that should be understood. But like, come on. Right. This just kind of feels like an opportunity to say like we didn't. The frustrating part for me is we have spent this entire fall talking about if these athletes had just been paid. Because here's what this fall did. And maybe this goes back to the whole point of everything. So college athletes are supposed to just be happy with their scholarships, right? That's the big argument. Mm -hmm. Like you get your scholarship money, you get a stipend, you should just be happy with what you're given. So for so many players, their brands will never be stronger than they are in college. For a Nebraska fan, think of someone like Colin Miller. Right. His brand will never have been stronger than it was when he was in college. 
Well, I mean, I guess I shouldn't imply that he could go on to be a very successful coach or go on to do something. I shouldn't Mm -hmm. say that, but I'm just saying right now he's, his career ended in an injury. Can you imagine if he had the ability to profit off of his name, even though his career ended one way, he could have still utilized his name to keep providing himself some comfort through this. Like you have a season that is so far unconventional. You have players who are basically not able to live a normal college life. They're, they're based, they're pretty much like in some cases taking most of their classes online because even though they technically can go in person, so many colleges have moved classes online or the professors have said, I'd rather teach them online. So they're not going to most classes like normal to see their friends. They're not getting to hang out. They're, they're not supposed to be doing what all that stuff between 5 PM and 5 AM, which was the big concern for everyone was what happens overnight. Um, so on top of that, you now have them coming and doing daily COVID tests and you have them going through in the case of Nebraska being game ready for more time than they normally would have been because they had to be prepared in case they decided tomorrow that the season is going to start. And on top of all of this, they had to do it without the luster of college football, without the fans in the stands, without the band, without the big grandstand of everything. Like think about college athletics. Think about college game day. You turn on college game day and it's it's the pomp and circumstance of, I always say that wrong and I'm never going to correct myself, but I always say that whole little word chunk wrong. Um, but you have this like, it's the like festivities and all the things you think about in this yeah. year, 2020, shine the brightest light on the seedy underbelly of college athletics. And you got to see it on full display in empty stadiums that were mostly just dark because fans weren't there. Mm-hmm. And these players are just supposed to show up and act grateful to be there. And they didn't get a dime for it besides their scholarship money and that stipend that we're all so excited that they get. Yeah, You pay them, it suddenly isn't an issue any longer. Right. But apparently, no one felt like spending any time on this, that it became a concern the day before the vote was set to happen or the week that the vote was supposed to happen. So, like, did no conversations whatsoever happen in the last year and then you – at the last, you did this on purpose and put it off to the last minute because something like this would come up because that's certainly what it seems like, or you just don't give a shit enough to take another look at it. I mean, so if you're like, what is the council that's handling this look like? It's a 40 member panel. It's comprised mainly of athletic administrators that includes conference commissioners and athletic directors. The board has 24 members, all of whom are nearly university president presidents and chancellors. Now I understand they've had a lot on their mm-hmm. plates, so I'm not sitting here saying like, you know, but in order to get to the board, didn't how many other people have to have a conversation about it first? No one could have a conversation? No one could bring anything up? It just feels like these are things that could have been discussed along the way. Or yeah. where were the, like, I just have so many questions because this now affects the one-time transfer rule, which I also don't understand how those two things are related. Um, but apparently they're lumping them into the same thing where it's like, Great. I guess these two things now exist hand in hand. The only thing that I could see being an issue with that is dependent on which school you're at, the athletic gear that they use. And that is that where the antitrust, be, yes, that's Might true. be an issue with the one-time transfer. Fine, don't be so smart. No, th- that's, that's true. That's the only thing I could see being why they're connected, I'm, I guess. I'm not a lawyer, so I don't fully under, under, understand antitrust laws, but yeah. from my 
very limited understanding of them. It's basically there needs to be a competitive advantage for everyone. You can't right. have one that so like if um so one of the big things that has held up name image likeness and what schools could do is if if Nebraska has an Adidas school. So let's take Adrian Martinez for example. So Nebraska has an Adidas program. Let's say Nike comes to comes to Adrian and is like, we'd like to sponsor you. We'd mm-hmm. like to do some things with you. Uh, Nebraska would probably say, no, no, we'd prefer that he doesn't. But now Oregon could, that's the issue that they're running into is Oregon could be like, well, hey, as a Nike school, anyone who comes here gets all the stuff that Nike's right. offering. Right. Oh, sorry that Adidas isn't offering that same thing, but we certainly can. And so now the person who's like, well, we're with Under Armour and Under Armour's not offering. It becomes this thing where like I get antitrust laws where it's like there has to be some fairness to it. But these are those things where it's like, I'm sorry, we've been having these conversations for so right. long. Why is this what's holding us? If, if antitrust laws were sincerely going to get the department of justice to be like yeah i don't know if this is like good yet i'm sorry there were like there was eight, no like backup like that's what i don't 80, understand there were 80 different councils right. that handled covid19 and i'm not even sure what half of them did but we sat there and how many did we hear about like the big 10 had like five different groups some of which like coaches didn't even know they were on like apparently Scott Frost was in one of those groups and one time when we talked to him he's like I didn't know I was in that group so like you have all of these committees and all of these people involved in all this stuff so you're telling me when it comes to name image and likeness you couldn't have found a few extra people to just dedicate their time to this considering you put all 800 of them on the COVID-19 when you didn't need them all on that like I'm sorry. If you're listening to this and you hear my frustration I am an advocate of name image likeness. I just think this is something that needs to happen. I think it will, yes, change the game. But I'm going to be honest. I lo- I watched a lot of you on Twitter talk about how the game is not what it was. You're right. The game has changed. Sports yeah. change in time. Like, that's why when we talk about the 2020 Alabama football team. It's not it's, comparable. It's not really comparable to the 1995 Nebraska team because they played in two different, two entirely different decades. Like, yeah. the type of, like, things that were available to them to train and everything. And maybe yes. that makes your case for the record. If you're like, well, then that's why Nebraska is better because they didn't have all the stuff available. Hey, look, I'm open to the conversation if you're willing to have it. But that does not mean Alabama is not this Alabama team is not one of the greatest who ever exist. And honestly, yeah. it probably just, it's, it's probably just a different form of greatness. Right. And so when I look it's at not like necessarily a hundred percent linear. No. There. So when you, when you say, well, the game has changed, this is just going to keep changing the game. It's yeah. already changing. <laughs> so I, I, I mean, for Nebraska, I actually don't think that many Nebraskans are that upset with name image likeness because it really honestly would certainly benefit Nebraska. When yeah. you talk about, when we talk about the playoffs and, in trying to spread the wealth of talent around in NC like in NCAA FBS football. One way you could do it is by giving people a reason to want to go to a program that isn't Alabama, a reason to go to a program that isn't Clemson, because if you're Nebraska and you're going, well, Hey, you come here, you're going to make a lot of money because people want to promote you when you're here because we've got some really good now, again, antitrust, blah, blah, blah. We could have figured this out. I'm at so least, mad at Mark Emmer. At least something. It doesn't, to me, what it comes off as was something that didn't want to be re- visited in the first place. So you didn't figure out a plan of action or a way to avoid this because you had to have known this was going to come up. Mm-hmm. Because this and is before this- it even goes to the board, the committee had to, you had to agree on something. 
Yeah. You didn't agree on anything or you didn't talk about it at all? I spent way too much time. Because you shelved it. I spent way too much time in the spring and summer, like, looking at, like, the different conversations that happened. I mean, they met with Congress, like, blah, 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 blah. None of it matters. But so Emmert says in this letter to the association that he believes its rules are fully compliant with antitrust law. But when it considers changes, it takes input from many sources. And that would be why they were seeking the help of the Justice Department before moving forward. So, okay, great. I guess, like, if you're making those changes, they couldn't have happened more than just a few days before you're going to have that conversation. It's just, it's just, I don't actually have an issue with the Department of Justice saying, like, yeah, this doesn't seem like you guys are ready for this. Like, I I don't have that issue because they actually criticize the NCAA for for not for delaying a vote on the current transfer, but for developing proposals that would allow the NCAA to comply with antitrust. Like, so they were not critical. Like they were basically like, they're critical of not so much the delayed vote, but basically like you're developing proposals that you think comply with this, but they don't. And so then now we're having to have this conversation today. Right. That's where their, their biggest, like, hurdle was there and I do appreciate shout out to the uh guy I, I like how I just summed him up as a guy my my respects to assistant attorney general Mac and Del Rahim um but he said as I indicated in my cor- correspondence to Dr. Emmert the NCAA <laughs> per as, my last email right it was so per my last email <laughs> as a collective rulemaking body is not immune from the antitrust laws and this is what he said to USA Today in an email its rules must be the least restic- restrictive possible so not to illegally harm competition. The division welcomes further discussion of these matters with the NCAA. However, it is troubling that the NCAA continues its process delays to avoid addressing antitrust concerns to the detriment of college athletes, many of whom come from African-American and other diverse communities or come from economically disadvantaged backgrounds. So the Department of Justice thinks you're bullshit NCAA (laughs) and you all can keep pushing this, but at some point, at some point it's going to have to be addressed. So it's, you don't get to hold your national title game on Monday and still get all that advertising money and pretend it was all for the sake of the game and for the players only for you to turn around and be like, we're not ready to actually have this conversation about paying them. Yeah. That is irony in its finest. And whether we like it or not, that is inherently political as well. Mm -hmm. And this is when we say like sports are political. And I've known this from the get-go with NIL. There's so much, there's so much, there's so much about politics that play a a role here. And people who are trying to do, well, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. You know what? The sooner we just acknowledge the fact that like sports and politics go hand in hand, how do we move forward and make this game something where like, we don't have to have these conversations anymore. Right. Like I said, if we could have if we could have gone into the 2020 season with players being paid, they could have opted out. They could have said, I'm choosing to opt out, like the NFL. I don't want to play this year. I don't think it's safe, whatever. But for those that did, there would have been additional incentive for them to show up every day. Right. And you might go, well, it should be for the love of the game and not for the money. But if I'm putting my body through uh, potential long-term damaging effects that I'm not aware of what they look like because we haven't done enough testing on it. You know, money doesn't mean everything, but it certainly makes things a little bit easier when you're looking at what you're it doing. It makes and why. the possible detriment in the future a little bit easier to swallow. Yep. I just, for sure. Well, here's the thing. 
So many of you have asked us to talk about name image likeness. And now that it appears that we will have much more time, um, <laughs> we will dive into it in a, in a episode here shortly in the future. I don't want to wait too long um, because I do have a lot of thoughts as you can tell. Yes. Um, but I do want to just say again, thank you for being here. Thank you for making this podcast possible. Please share it with somebody. Like we said, share it with somebody who you think would like it. Like, please yeah. don't, please don't not send it to your friends who would like it, but also send it to somebody that you think might benefit from it. And please keep leaving us. I saw some of you left us ratings on um, the Apple, uh, Apple podcast, which I really appreciate. Keep leaving thank ratings. Um, that means a great deal. Uh, what else? I just share, share the podcast. Like you can just share the link, whether it be iTunes or Spotify, um, Mm -hmm. and, and encourage other people to subscribe. Maybe they won't like it and that's okay, but at least it's a different perspective than, than maybe. And I think that honestly, like maybe this is patting my own back and, and I'll patting your your back back too, but I do, but I do think that we don't bullshit. Like we're pretty authentic. I mean, I'm not saying pretty, like we are authentic when we're doing this podcast. Like that's why sometimes it kind of meanders just because we, it's an open conversation. I always come into these podcasts. So like, I'd like to say like this one, I came in prepared. She was, like I yes. was prepared for her, And like, I still knew that we'd probably go on a tangent, but that is my big thing is like, I, you know, as much as I would love to just stick to sports, we really can't because sticking, yeah. sticking to sports is, easy and it's comfortable. Now I'm not saying that that there aren't shows that shouldn't exist for that reason. Every, everybody has their thing. This is just ours. So thank you for making it possible. Uh, keep helping us make it possible because, uh, as, as the first so many days of 2021 has proven, we're all in for one shit, shit storm. Just shit. Yeah. I have no (laughs) idea. Um, I was going to say shit show, but like I said, that was a bad joke the first time. So it's still not good. Um, but again, thank you so much. Thanks for, for emailing us at mind your own podcast at hailvarsity.com, following us at Aaron Sorensen at Sasha 72. And like I said, hold us accountable. We'll certainly hope, hope to hold you accountable. We're in this together after all like this, we're not on this planet alone. So, uh, hopefully, hopefully with some time and, you know, uncomfortable conversations, we can make things a little bit better. Absolutely. But for now, we can't solve it all in one week, but we'll get started and we'll talk to you next week. See you next week. A Huda Media Production.